believe that there's a simple solution to the approach this hockey team has to adopt and actually embrace. But I'll be honest, that's only the beginning of what's needed. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. The Penguins are back to practice today, 11 a.m. up in Cranberry. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hope you can check that out on our free app. Just go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and type in DK Pittsburgh Sports, and you'll see it shows up. It's all free. not trying to sell you anything. And after that, the team will be off to St. Paul, Minnesota to play the Wild tomorrow night, and then, of course, the Jets again the night after that in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'll be up there as well. One thing that you might or might not have noticed I have a tendency to do on this program is I will find what I think is a core issue, or from my standpoint, a core stance related to the team I'm covering, and I will stick with it, okay? I will pull out the sledgehammer and have at it. And what I'm guilty of in the process sometimes is I'll oversimplify. So when you hear me on this show, morning after morning after morning, saying, listen, when they commit to defending, They can beat anybody, and they can. And sometimes, as we saw a couple nights ago against the Jets, they do. They've done it to the Avalanche. They've done it to the Golden Knights. They've beaten the Bruins. They've already got for themselves a who's who on their victim list, of course. They also do tend to not perform that way against the Sabres and the Senators, and then they look stinky in the process, and all kinds of doubts rightly arise. But it isn't just about attitude. It isn't just about the stuff that we're hearing from Lars Eller all the time, and we're now starting to hear from Mike Sullivan. And I don't want to be the guy who reigns on a really nice W that they just had, not to mention the one against the Canadians right before the break. But I'm looking at this roster as currently constituted, and okay, not not roster. I'm looking at the lineup. I'm looking at what was put on the ice against Winnipeg. And I'm looking at a third line in which Lars Eller, who changes wingers, like more than he changes underwear, I'll bet, has Ricard Raquel on his off wing to the left side. And yeah, I know he's played some left wing in Anaheim and even done a little bit of it here, but come on. And he's got Jesse Puglia-Yarvey, who's basically a medical experiment right now. Showed pretty well in 13 shifts the other night. But all you're looking for with Puglia-Yarvey is to stay healthy, to resurrect his career. That's on the right wing. And on the second line, you've got Evgeny Malkin, who's getting close to Eller when it comes to number of line mates. He's got Riley Smith out there. I, I'm not going to keep beating up on Smith, but you're watching the games too. You don't need me to. And Drew O'Connor, who was just a phantom the other night, no idea what got into DOC, wasn't noticeable at all. And I'm not seeing 
a second and third line that looks like a contender. I don't even want to get into the fourth line. They've done well enough. But you're not contending or not contending based on your fourth line. Second and third, you are. I look at the defense pairings, and I see a top duo any team would love to have in Chris Letang and Marcus Patterson. And then, you know, you're looking at Eric Carlson and Ryan Graves. And you're looking at Chad Ruedel and P.O. Joseph. Maybe John Ludwig will get into the lineup tomorrow night or in Winnipeg. And I'm not seeing contention there either. And what's probably scariest out of these couple of scenarios that I've just given you between the forwards and the defensemen is that I'm not feeling like there's a ceiling. The rhyme wasn't intentional, but it's accurate. I, I, I don't... I don't look at these guys that I just mentioned and say, oh, yeah, they just need to get it together. They'll be fine. I don't see a precedent. I don't see a history. I don't see a momentum for any of them. A DOC is capable of more. Maybe he'll come around over these next couple of games. Maybe he just let the break get to him. Smith, I have no idea what's left of him, if anything. I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I'm starting to wonder about Raquel. And again, with Pulley-Yarvey, who knows? Graves, who knows what you've got? The Carlson fit, who knows? P.O., who knows? Ludwig, actually, hasn't been able to stay on the ice yet, who knows? If you had told me in a vacuum about three or four months ago, that the strongest, most consistent position on the roster for the Pittsburgh Penguins would be the goaltending. I really would have wondered about that, okay, to put it kindly. But I also would have said, this is, this is fantastic. This is a dream come true. This is exactly what you'd want. Having Tristan Jari perform uh, the way he has at times this season, including again Tuesday night, Having Alex Nedeljkovic step up the way he has, uh, that's that's a gift from the hockey gods. And they're still sitting there with meaningful, relevant depth issues, both up front and on the blue line. And Kyle Dubas really hasn't done much at all to address it. So... Don't get excessively excited when you see them doing the right thing because they still need more of the right people. Remember, the goal here wasn't just to squeak into the postseason ahead of the Flyers and the Red Wings. It was to do you-know-what. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Darren, who says, Hi, DK. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you for keeping me informed about everyone's favorite hockey team from several hundred miles away. Your daily shots help me start my day with the Penguins news I need. I appreciate that, Darren. Darren continues, A couple nights ago, I was in the stands as the Canucks came here and outskated a pretty good Canes team. Given Vancouver's remarkable turnaround over the past few seasons, I have to ask, 
Did the Penguins make a huge mistake in letting Jim Rutherford go and letting Patrick Alvine follow him? At first, I was happy to see him go. Too many big swings and misses over his last few seasons, but maybe I was wrong. Darren, it's funny that Rutherford is still, including here in your own note, almost universally identified as this team's GM. You didn't use the title, but the implication is that Jim's the one making all these moves. Everybody does this. It's like nobody can conceivably believe that Jim would not have his hands on the figurative wheel. I happen to be with you on that, but poor Patrick Alvine. Alvine's actually a pretty good hockey executive. People here in Pittsburgh who got to know him respected him a lot, but wow, he is just given no credit for anything that's happened out there in BC. I am going to be a little bit more skeptical about the Canucks than most, and I understand that they were also just in Pittsburgh and did the same thing to the Penguins. They have a handful of players, and I don't believe that it's more than that, who can do that, outskate you as much as any other handful of players in the league. Of course, I'm talking about the obvious JT Miller, local product, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. These guys can really, really motor. And you know who else can really, really motor on that team? Who else can really, really put up points in a big way? Uh, nobody. And if you look at their third and fourth lines, and I say this lovingly because I love Teddy Bluger. Teddy's having a nice little bounce back season for himself and good for him. We've been talking a lot about Brendan Dillon these past couple of days. Well, Dillon was the one who smashed up Teddy's jaw and really threw his career off course. Teddy's back in a really good way in Vancouver. Sam Lafferty, who those of you who've been with me for a long time know, I felt Mike Sullivan shortchanged at the very beginning. Well, Sam's got 10 goals out there, and he's part of Vancouver's second power play unit, another local product, incidentally. But if you keep going with the names of the, the rest of the wingers on the uh, I was going to say third and fourth lines, but even the second line, and then get to the defense pairings where Ian Cole, a great warrior and a great champion in his time in Pittsburgh, shouldn't be on your second defense pairing at this stage of his career. He's paired with Tyler Myers. You can say the same about him. And then in goal, you've got Thatcher Demko, where I'm not sure what to make of him. Yeah, he made an impression on all of us in that COVID playoff whenever he was spectacular for the Canucks, stealing some games, but he's got a decent 9-10 career save percentage. That's decent. That's not great. This year, he's higher than that, but you always wonder what's the blip and what's the reality. I look out west, and I see three teams that appear to be more dangerous than the rest, maybe four. The three are going to be the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, and the Jets. Not necessarily in that order. And the fourth, maybe, maybe, will be the Oilers. I, I just can't take anything they do in Edmonton seriously. I view the Canucks, right or wrong, to be 
more in that fifth or sixth range. So I, I wouldn't get super, oh my God, JR left and took Alvin with him and all of his genius decisions. JR just gave up an awful lot to bring in Elias Lindholm from Calgary. Lindholm coming over with just nine goals, having kind of a down year. Good player, but not exactly at his performance peak. That's a very gym-like trade. It's much more akin to, how did you put it? I'm going back to your question here. Too many big swings and misses over his final few seasons in Pittsburgh. Possibly. Possibly. Jim does that, though. He goes for the fences. He doesn't get cheated at the plate. And he's trying that again here. We'll see whether or not it works. Uh, I did not like Jim going in favor of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, I can tell you that. And I'm nowhere near making any kind of judgment on Kyle Dubas. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 